Welcome to Finding Our Feet, the adoption journal. Hello and welcome back to our second episode of Finding Our Feet, the adoption journal. It actually feels like probably our fifth um, uh, episode because I've recorded this about 10 times, haven't I, Mr. Mm, K? Yeah. Um, yeah. Outtakes. Yeah. It's it's fun. No, we're not doing outtakes. No. Giddy aren't, no. But yeah, we're back. Hello, Mr. K. Hello. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> See you every day. Um, you, you put me well off there. Um, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Well, there you go. Um, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I, I haven't um, seen you all day. I know. I'm I'm sat with a a pint of my own handmade beer. Yeah, you didn't say that in, the, been in your uh, bits about you last no, week. No, did I? No. No, so that's, that's a fun fact about me. I make my own beer in my... Uh, it's not a shed, is it? More of like a well, like an outhouse almost. The the Wagon Tail Brewery. The Wagon Tail, yeah. So that's it's really nice for those that want to know more about beer. It's a Citra IPA. There you go. About five point five percent ABV. You honestly get cooler nice, by the, the nice day. hop flavors. And I've just had, I just got a new Southampton shirt off eBay oh, delivered in the post. So it was the I think it's twenty sixteen mm. third kit yellow. It's it's really nice Do Under you know, Armour. So you know I'm, I'm excited about showing that off tomorrow I, around town. I think for this, um, we're in a, in case anyone's been listening to this in about 10 years time, we're currently in 2022. And you know what? We're going into a new Premier League, aren't we? we I've are, only just got are, yeah. into LOL that we're having this conversation. LOL, LOL the fact that I've just said the LOL. The football pod. Finding uh, our feet. <laughs> football pod. The world's at our feet. But um, my favourite kit of the Premier League this year has got to be Man City's. That, really? Oh, it looks amazing. They've not even like started playing in them yet. Well, I think they look great. Yeah, the new Saints kit is... Oh, I'm not a fan. It's an awkward one. It looks a bit like an away kit. Should be a red and white stripe, yeah. not white They've red. gone sort of white, red, white. Yeah. Which is a shame. Although I'm probably still going to get it and yeah. probably get Ward Prowse on the back. But Yeah, there you go. Anyway, for anyone who's not a football fan, sorry about that, <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I'm just... Uh, there we are. How, how are you, Mrs. K? Yeah, good. I'm good. Obviously, we've both been at work today. Um, mm. You're enjoying your beer. Um, I've just finished uh, Shock, a hot chocolate. Ooh, yeah. Although I treated myself. I had a salted caramel one this time. Mm. Uh, salted caramel. And then, because um, we have a hotel chocolate velvetizer, don't Ooh, we? We yeah. were very kindly given that as a gift. Mm. And so I do have a regular hot chocolate, but I, I treated myself because it's a Friday to a few... A few sprinkles of a uh, marshmallow love on top. Uh, which I feel that salted caramel. Special. You know, like when um, you sort of think about different eras with different types of food. So, like, mm. I don't. I might get this wrong, but like the nineteen seventies was like prawn cocktails. Oh, for I starters. see what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. I feel like our generation is going to be stuff Kale. like pulled pork. <laughs> but salted caramel is definitely There's, that's hel- definitely a new thing. The healthy people are going to be like kale and quinoa. No, I'm not on about healthy stuff. I'm oh. on about like enjoyable things. Well, yeah, I a bit then... like pulled pork, yeah, um, avocado. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That yeah. sort of thing. But salted caramel is like number one on the dessert list. Yeah. Well, do you know what the good thing is? I so... wouldn't have even know what salted caramel was ten years ago. Oh, it's fantastic. But the funny thing is, this podcast will be going to be about an hour's long just because we're talking about <laughs> yeah. hot chocolates and football tops yeah maybe we should you know stop the chit chat section wow of, yeah uh, the, the podcast okay <laughs> i'm trying to lead this one and uh, i'm really awkward but yeah so, excuse me i think i'm doing a good job yeah, yeah. so i realized last week mr k that we didn't talk about and i think it fits in nicely with today's episode 
But we didn't talk about why we chose the title Finding Our Feet mm. and also why we've chose to do a podcast. Mm. Do you want to speak on behalf of why we've chosen yeah. um, to, well, do both? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so we said uh, to, that we were going to go with the name Finding Our Feet, which... Uh, we deliberated over a title for quite a long time, didn't yeah. we? And, you know, there's a few other podcasts out there that are a bit more to the point, mm. just like the adoption podcast, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we we thought about different things. Mm. And then you just sort of said it as a passing comment, like, oh, what about finding our feet? And then the more that we thought about it and said it and things, we were like, actually, no, that does make it a lot works. of sense. Yeah, and I think in the the... The case of us mm. over the course of us trying to conceive and TTC. then TTC and then looking into adoption and I think we've realised that we're constantly finding our feet in oh my sort goodness, of new territory we? yeah and then when we start our family we're going to be finding our feet yeah in terms of parenting yeah but then also the child or children that we're going to adopt mm. are going to be finding their feet in our family but I think it's nice because they from and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but they from from day one have yeah. been finding their feet in yeah, totally. in a difficult world, and I think that's that's, that's a really good uh, way of of thinking about it. It's not just us that are finding our feet, but it's yeah. also our child or children to be. Yeah, I feel like it's really fitting, isn't it, to everyone involved, whether that be ourselves, like you say, our children, well, the children to be in the future, but also like family and friends. Yeah. I think they're going to have to adapt to a new way of life because for our immediate family, obviously. I mean, we were conceived naturally. Mm-hmm. Our siblings are having ba- uh, babies naturally. Like this is a first. Like we, I, think, I yeah. can't remember if we actually spoke about this on the podcast last time or not. But adoption isn't something that's very um, familiar to to us as as an immediate family. I know there's been people in your family that have adopted, but that's kind of on the uh, outer side of the family. Not it's not the right way of saying it. Yeah, like but you know what I mean. Not in yeah, the, yeah. not in the immediate family. So. We're all finding our feet, aren't we? Mm, so I yeah, think yeah. it's a kind of... I think I really felt like it was fitting for us all and relatable, I suppose. Yeah, totally, yeah. And why don't you explain why we've chosen to do a podcast in the first place? Oh, good question. Good question, Mrs. K. Why did you write that down? I think when we decided or when we were looking at whether or not we were going to adopt, for me, I'm very much a person that needs personal experiences mm-hmm. i find that really helpful so i suppose that's why i enjoy I, I love watching people's vlogs i'm that type of person and i enjoy instagram for like just personal kind of things and um when i started searching i i, I found people's blogs um really helpful that because they were honest and raw and real and and also we're a bit like guidance, I suppose. It gave us an idea of what we needed to do. Um, so that was really helpful as well as, like I say, looking at people's adoption Instagrams and stuff like that. It's it's just made it more relatable and understand understandable. Um, but also, we really enjoy listening to... We both do enjoy listening to podcasts. And I kind of thought, well, we kind of thought, didn't we, together, that whether this is just going to be me and you having a heart-to-heart which actually is really nice. Like we've both been to work today. We've come home. It's an opportunity to talk about how we're feeling about the process and stuff like that. So whether it's going to be something cathartic for both of us, well, that's amazing. And if it's only us that 
might listen to it back, then great. But if our friends and family get something from it, um, I know some of our friends have listened to our first episode and have found that really insightful and really kind of interesting to hear us having a conversation. So that's great that we're getting friends and family on board. But then if this does reach anybody that are seeking like we were or are going through it, then amazing. And hopefully it's insightful or educational it's not educational but do you know what i mean it's insightful for yeah. people that are searching and hopefully it's helpful for people yeah. so whether we get i don't know i don't know we just thought well we're not trying to be you know cool we just want a conversation and we just kind of thought why not yeah what are we losing exactly yeah so that's that really week that we were going to talk today about why we chose adoption as our parenting family choice let's say and um i thought it might be nice for for you to kind of elaborate on that so mr k why did we choose adoption so i think well like we said earlier that in order for us to start a family we both want to start a family it's quite important it's crucial really and so the fact that when we obviously came into difficulty when we were trying to start a family mm-hmm. the the options there's only so many options isn't there yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd always and you said about it last week the fact that adoption had always been something that we'd considered even from the start and we were aware of i think and, even before we yeah. started trying it's always i think it's always been something that we've like touched upon and discussed it's always been in the back of our heads hasn't it yeah yeah so i think if we Maybe explain, if you explain a little bit about when we hit that crossroads about when you got your diagnosis and what that looks like in terms of conceiving and, mm-hmm. and things like that, then that will help people understand a little bit more. Yeah, obviously I spoke um, I spoke about my condition and the, you're going to have to say the name because I'll say it wrong. Uterus diadiphysis. Yeah, di- it's the diadiphysis. I can never get right. So the uterus diadiphysis. Um so with that, um, I was told by uh, my consultants that um, with regards to pregnancy, um, we are very high risk um, of um, miscarriage. And I'm really sorry if that's a sensitive subject to anyone that's listening to this. But yeah, sadly, yeah, high risk miscarriage, which could happen at any point in the pregnancy, is a massive factor that we need to consider, um, as well as the fact that because of the lack of space in my womb, um, premature birth is more than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't, never really elaborated on kind of how what how you, how far in that is, but they just said you're more than likely going to have a premature birth, so that's something that you need to be aware of. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means, but obviously we're not going to explore that at the moment because obviously we're going down the adoption route Mm -hmm. so they were the factors really that we really had to consider yeah um because yeah we well it's a lot to consider isn't it yeah and i think when if we try and make this a little bit clearer i think 
we sort of finished last week saying that you'd had an operation. Yep, we to did. To try and... That's true. Because of this other thing that was going off. Yes. And causing the blockage. A, a blockage and etc. Yeah, yeah. And so after health. you had that, yeah. you went back for a repeat MRI scan. Yes, post-op MRI to make sure that basically everything was running and functioning well, which... Yeah. From a health perspective of myself, it has been. I've been, I felt so much better. Literally, as I came, as I went into the operation, I mean, that's another blooming conversation in itself, the day of the operation. Go on, tell us. I mean, it was, I just, I'm here with my eyes closed now to try to process what I'm going to say. I was having a conversation with my friend today, literally, about the, uh, the adoption, um, about the operation, mm-hmm. and I, uh, and... One thing for me on the day that was <laughs> fascinating was I went in in like horrific pain, yeah, and came out. And the consultant had said I'd feel amazing afterwards, and I came out pain free, which was incredible. But the thing that just blows my mind still to this day is the whole um, uh, being under uh, general anaesthetic. Really? Oh my goodness! I want to go weirdly i want to go back and take it all in again because i <laughs> i couldn't get my head around how i was getting pushed who who's the who's the person that pushes you uh they mm, what are they called they wouldn't well they'd be porters but they'd be yeah. like specific theater porters yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 so i was just with this really kind guy who was making me laugh you know we oh he was probably an odp like a operation department practitioner well yeah Whatever he was, he yeah. was a very nice man. We were talking about my uni course and he was just cracking jokes with me. And I was like, thank you, because I really need humour before I go in. Because I was really quite nervous. Mm. I was really nervous because I was like, I've never been under general anaesthetic before. So I don't know how I'm yeah. going to take to it. So I was quite nervous. But um, my my friend had warned me, because um, sadly she had to have general anaesthetic when she gave birth to her son. Yeah, um, And she... Um, she warned me that they'd be like, okay, we're going to count down from 10 now. That's the classic. 10, yeah. 9, and then by 7, you'd be gone. Mm-hmm. So I was prepared for this. But weirdly, I'm in this room with these three guys who I'm crack- I'm having so much fun with. Mm-hmm. And then the general anaesthetic went in and I could taste it. So I knew it was that. I, could like, I, 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 can just, I, I just tasted the general oh, yeah. anaesthetic and I was having a laugh. And then the next minute... You woke up. Literally, the next minute... <laughs> Um, I've got someone going, well, I can't say my name, but Mrs. Mrs. K, Mrs. <laughs> yeah. K, you, you're out of theatre now, you're in recovery. Yeah. And I was like, hey? Yeah. Like, if I had my watch on me, I, it literally felt like yeah. seconds. Like Bernard's watch. Remember it, that programme? Uh, no, I never watched it. Do you it. not remember Bernard's watch? No, he used to have like a special watch and he'd press it. So like when he'd press the time, everything, all the world would stand still. And so you'd be able to like manipulate but, things and then yeah, start literally. Time again. But that that yeah, yeah. it was honestly mind blowing. So in a way, I'm I've ticked off a box to say yeah. I've had an operation yeah, yeah. because I couldn't get over it. I was in theatre for over two hours. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Like, what? Where did that time go? It's even more weird when you watch someone having general anaesthetic. Oh, because I suppose and you like do. you're you just stand there. I, I mean, I don't. I've not for well, years, but as a student, I, I did. Yeah, that's another thing. Sorry, this is just gonna be conversation, random conversations. But that was another thing I was really worried about saying something embarrassing when I was coming. No, you're not gonna say anything. Well, I thought I, flat out. Well, I I was worried that like it would just make me be a bit crazy, and no, I'd you, just you say act things like, like, like you can't. 
you've completely gone. No, no, but I mean, when you're coming out of it and you're still kind of in. Oh, like, yeah, but they, the thing is, those people who work there would have seen all sorts. And oh, like the guys days. who were cracking bands with you, they probably say the same thing. Oh, I bet everyone. it was hilarious. <laughs> I bet I was halfway through a joke and then just crashed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally go out like bam. Oh, I, I, I might. Do you think it's on YouTube? You know, if I uh, YouTube someone under. Oh, I'm sure it would be. Yeah, I'm if you now put in like that. someone going under general. So, yeah. Anyway, so, so you were saying about your operation. This is when I lead. Um, yeah. And you were telling us about the fact that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we got sidetracked. That was crazy. You were yeah. Saying. Amazing. Was it the general anesthetic that you were? That was what I basically right, was okay, getting yeah, to. Yeah. Just what an experience. Did you have any hospital food? No, I was out. We had we Probably had um, Domino's pizza on the way home. We did. We watched I was Clarkson's really poorly. Farm. Oh, you were Old Caleb. I didn't. I went straight to bed because mm. I felt... I watched Clarkson's I, Farm. Yeah, I didn't take well to the general anaesthetic. No. But anyway... So I had to eat your pizza. Yeah, sad days. But anyway, we're, we are definitely... Sorry, um, yeah, we're digressing. So after you've had your operation, you had your follow-up MRI yeah. as a checkup. To make sure that everything was okay. Protocol. Yeah, that's where we were. And the the plan then was that the consultant would get in touch with you yeah. just to let you know, yep, everything looking great, crack on. So that was, you had your so operation had, in August, you yeah. had your MRI in the... December because of COVID. I had COVID, so I could December because of COVID. It. And they said, you were here within a couple of weeks. Yeah. That obviously, with me and you, that didn't happen. I think that's just the NHS, to be honest. <sighs> well, I'm not going to moan about the NHS because they're, they're amazing. Yeah. I've got to say that because I'm married to an NHS worker. Woo-hoo. Anyway, yeah, it was, we were waiting a long time, weren't we? And that mm-hmm. was really difficult, wasn't yeah. it? But I suppose in the scheme of things, that gave us time to think, didn't it? And yeah. I think it made us start thinking about our options. Um, but we were, well, like I say, it was supposed to be a couple of weeks and we didn't hear until March, mid-March, that, well, I had a I had a consultation and we mm-hmm. were given the go ahead um, to start trying, but obviously by that point we'd started looking at adoption. And do you want to continue? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we'd. I suppose it had been such a long time, hadn't it, from when you'd had your scan? Oh, it felt like to then oh, having that follow up appointment where they basically said, "Yeah, yeah, everything's looking fine." Because I think yeah. it's important to say that at that point it wasn't clear whether we could continue to, to start trying or actually, not actually because we didn't know if i was going to have to have a second operation That's what I mean, yeah so oh, yeah. so the, the the way they left it was we're going to do a follow-up scan to see if everything's looking okay but during your operation they were going to do a further bit of yeah. surgery but then they decided not to because of the length of time that you were going to be under yeah and, and my body was under a lot of stress and stuff so like they that. didn't yeah. do it and so they we're looking at the scan to say, do we need to do it again or are you okay to mm. carry on trying? So we were basically waiting for that follow-up consultant appointment yeah. to see if we could continue trying or whether it was actually, no, we need to do more. So we were sort of in limbo a little bit, weren't we? Yeah. And I think at that point then, we were obviously talking about what our different options might be and yeah. it gave us a lot of time to sort of stop and reflect, didn't it? Yeah. Just... just- we are getting to the adoption point, but I, I know this is something that people have said with regards to feedback. It's about hearing your kind of side of things and just kind of going from what we spoke about last week and talking about being in limbo. Can you just kind of talk about, I keep saying kind of, sorry guys, kind of, kind of. It, last week it was like, today it's kind of, I wonder um, what word it's going to be next week. But anyway, um, could you just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh please cut that days. bit out. Could you <laughs> maybe it'd be good for you to like talk about kind of your experience 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I spoke a lot about mine last yeah, week. Yeah, so okay. So, just, yeah. I think when... Um, I sort of touched upon it last week. I think when you're a male in the relationship and, and you're having difficulties with conceiving, yeah. or in our case, it was actual sort of health problems that we were going yeah. through, like you specifically, not mm-hmm. necessarily me. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of the conversation when you're with people tends to sort of go towards you mm-hmm. or go towards the female. Yeah. And I think because, and this is a massive sweeping generalization, but I think because females generally are a bit more open and yeah, when it comes well, to things about starting a family or pregnancy or things, it it's generally something that women will talk about more than men yeah. because it it just is, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, in our situation, it definitely is. But I think in general as well. I think, yeah, I think women will talk about because it's the women who go on mat leave. It's the women who obviously have to be physically give birth. Yeah. So I think that talk of, of families and talk of pregnancy and things naturally is more well natural for yeah. women than it is for men. And so, and to be honest, I'm not particularly one who will voice my feelings a lot. So that's so, why we decided to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm I generally will manage things on my own quite a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, so I I, I don't really I don't personally feel the need to have to talk to people a lot about my feelings and about how I'm how I'm doing. Yeah. And, and I think some people find that a little bit awkward and a bit strange. Yeah. And so people will f- like when I suppose when we'd spoke to family and friends about the fact that we were struggling and mm. this is what we were going through and things and and I had a few people sort of say oh you know like obviously you're going through this as well and mm. how are you like is everything okay mm. and I, I'd just be like yeah yeah like I'm I'm all right yeah like I, I'm managing it in my own way okay like I, I don't I get that so let so in general you dealt with it really well but if do you have, you've had bad times? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not denying that. Absolutely. So how how have they been for you? How has that how has that been for you? Yeah, like struggling to conceive, yeah. desperate for a baby. How has that been for you? And then elaborate on the limbo situation. Sure. Like, just, so yeah, yeah. So I mean, so my mum will tell you when I was when I was little. It's always when you're a kid in it that you have these crazy like. Yeah. Talking about a pregnant Barbie last Can, week. My mum has listened to this she and she a... said it is true, but it was American. It was right. an American baby and apparently my auntie was searching high and low oh, for years yeah, to find this pregnant right. uh, Barbie, but you couldn't get it in the UK. So it was a thing. Not but anyway, fast. sorry. Yeah, again, so so my point was that I think when, when I was, uh, I don't know how old I would have been, but I was old enough to be sleeping in a bunk bed. <laughs> So that's where this story sort of stems from. Oh and when I was younger, my mum used to say that I, when I was growing up, said that I, when I was older, yeah. I wanted to have five sets of twins, I think it was, or 10 children. Twins? So that I could have five lots of bunk beds. Well, it's all right. You've got twin twin uteruses. <laughs> but so that I could have five lots of bunk beds. That was always the thing. Blimey. Yeah, so, I never knew this. Yeah. So like that Gosh. was a story from when I was growing up. And, and when I was sort of, I don't know, when we first got married and like I always wanted to have children when I was 30 or younger that's interesting basically so you know when you see people that are um like younger parents I always thought that's that's what I want to be and both of our parents were fairly young when they had those like my mum was 24 when she had my brother so like I always wanted to to have a family when I was sort of 
late 20s early yeah. 30s that was sort of the sort of landmark in my head and so I think when you see other people that are a similar age to you having children yeah that's hard but it's I think the thing that always well and still gets me now but that I always struggle with is when it's not necessary like we were saying last week about when people tell you that they're pregnant yeah that doesn't particularly get me wow. that much that's good but it's more when yeah what does get you I suppose like when people say things to other people that they they mean sincerely to that person but yeah. for you it's like oh that's that's a real like uh, it sort of gets you in the feels yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean so I, like I, and I, I i this is a bit of a, a an awkward example because it it i don't want anyone to feel like they've upset me in a way that they yeah, haven't no, no. i don't think they but will like, you're being honest when my older sister got married yeah uh so she got married at the start of this year yeah and that her and her husband have got a little boy and my dad was just saying a few words about her and her husband and mm-hmm. the amazing relationship that they have and their friendship and everything and then made a comment about how amazing their little boy is and it's amazing that they've started a family and that obviously they're now grandparents and those yeah. sort of things and and that yeah. that really got me because I was like I've I've not been able to give you that to give you that I've not oh. been able to make you a grandparent do you know what i mean and, oh, it's hard and that's really hard and, and yeah i think when you consider those sort of things like i feel like me and you sort of work through things and we yeah. talk about it and we we sort of muddle along yeah but i think when you start to, or you know like when um you see like we spoke about last week at church we have a lot of friends who have got children at church and yeah. that's amazing and, and we love all of them and they're fantastic they are legends um but when you see people uh having like amazing times with their families or or i don't know it just just there'll just be certain things i think that just make you think oh like that's just a little reminder that that's not that's what we've not got and that's what we are really struggling to get to and i think i totally hear you there's one more thing that i would say is that and you know again this is maybe a little bit of a sensitive topic but i think Sometimes when people have children, yeah, uh, I don't know what it's like to have a newborn baby. No, but I I can imagine how difficult it is. Yeah, sleepless nights, stress, yeah. Yeah. crying, feeding, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, there's loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can I'm say, more. Um, and I think that, and I would be the same. That you want to offload to people when you see your friends, and you want to say, oh, you know, this is doing my head in, or this is yeah. really difficult. And I think sometimes when people all say to me, oh, you know, like, absolutely not, like, oh, you just take them home, like, they're doing my head in, or... Though, um, you're like, yeah, we'll do. <laughs> but you know what I mean, those sort of things. Most of the time, like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, but so sometimes funny. it does get you, but some, totally get You that. know, when you're just having a bit of a day and you're like, oh, and then someone says, oh, I was up all night last night, because blah, 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 and you think, I get it, like, that must be I get awful. it, but I don't get it, because we're but not going through it, that's sort of yeah. a problem that I want to have. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know, I and it's, it's a yeah, weird yeah, dynamic, yeah. isn't it, of being like, that must be really difficult that you had to get up at two o'clock in the morning and you're yeah. up all night. Yeah. But that's sort of the things that we want. It's funny because that that is such a good point. And like you say, I don't want people to feel like they can't say that in front of us. It's just like you say, sometimes you just have a day where it triggers feelings more so than others. Yeah. But it's funny, just to add a bit of uh, humour to this, it's funny because people will say that to us. But what people don't realise is we have a dog that's an absolute mm. nightmare at night time. So when people talk about sleepless nights... I'm like, yes, but hopefully your child will grow out of this. Our dog, who we spoke about last week, 
I love him dearly, but he is an absolute nightmare at night time. Isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like, we are awoken in the night every single night. Well, no, like, we're not awoken in the night. He comes up at like hey, half five in the morning. Don't let a lie get in the way of good stories. <laughs> You're making it out to uh, as if. It's every hour. No, no, he is a nightmare, though, in the early morning. Yeah, he is, yeah. So I appreciate it's not. But he's quite cute, so it's fine. But no, just a bit of humour. But <laughs> we have a few parenting issues. Yeah. With a fur child. Mm. But no, I totally, totally hear what you're saying. And sometimes for me, um, it's like, I I don't know if this is going to make me sound like a weirdo. But you know, if you just like, and you see families on the park or Mm. like parents with their kids having fun. Mm. And I'm just there like, I'm so desperate for that to be us. I'm so desperate for the day. I sometimes fantasize seeing you with our child, Mm. like playing games in Mm. the garden. And it breaks my heart. Like, you know how you were saying, like... Beating them at FIFA. Stuff like that. Why'd you have to kill the moment? <laughs> I was just about to say, like, you know how you were saying about your dad making that comment yeah. and, and stuff like that and how it kind of made you think I've not been able to give you mm-hmm. a grandson yet. I echo that with my own parents and yeah. your parents. Mm. But I also have that with you. Like, I have this guilt because mm. of my situation where I've not been able to make you a mum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be difficult. That would be weird. I mean, make you a dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I know it, it's, mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's really difficult. So these things, yeah. again, are, are difficult. But yeah. obviously, that. thank you for sharing that. I'm mm. sure people, cause like I said, people wanted to hear your side of things. Mm. And I think that's, I think you've said that really nicely. Um, but the limbo stage, we've been obviously in a, from December to March, mm. we were in the unknown. We We couldn't, try my consultant literally said you cannot try until i've spoke to you and obviously i was ringing the doctors wasn't i not the doctors i was ringing the hospital week in week out like what's going on and they were like oh just and that was really difficult Mm -hmm. so how did like the limbo stage for you like how did that impact well how did that impact us to get to this well i suppose i mean like the 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 topic that we're talking about here is how why did we choose to Exactly, adopt? so actually we can link it to... So I think in that time that we had that was sort of a three-month period, we started to really consider what family meant to us, yeah. what it might look like. Yeah. And, and we started to sort of open our minds a little bit to this idea that actually maybe the traditional family mm. wasn't going to be what ours looks like. Yeah. And we started to look into adoption a little bit more, I think, at that point, a bit yeah. more seriously, didn't we? I think we always had it in our minds that it was something that might be a thing. But... We were having conversations, weren't we? And then it kind of just became a thing where we were like, actually, this is more than just a conversation now. This is something that we're both quite keen for. And we both started exploring it, didn't we? Yeah, and and I think, for me, what, what really was a confirmation of it was when... Because... <laughs> When I was growing up, I, I'm one of them people that has a bee in their bonnet. So if, if I want to do something... <laughs> I'm like that. And you're like that as well. So if, if I want to do something, I'll be like, I really want to do this. And yeah. I'll, I'll, it'll, I'll be fixated on it. Yeah. And I'm a, and my worry was that we were a little bit like that with the adoption thing. As soon as we yes, started talking was, about it, and then we started yeah. looking at it and reading about it and listening to podcasts, we were both like, oh, my days like adoption. It's going to be amazing. Like, my days are my days. Oh, my days. Um, <laughs> But actually, when we sat down, when we sat down together and spoke about it genuinely, yeah, and we thought actually this could be a real thing for us, yeah, and then we spoke to our pair, our respective that parents. That was amazing, and wasn't it? For me, that was when I thought if this is 
something that's going to happen yeah they'll they'll tell us straight because our parents are very yeah. realistic and both sides of our parents were like this we want to support this you. is incredible like you should definitely do this to be honest and and that was when i thought okay like, the reaction from real. our immediate family has well from everyone but our yeah. immediate family yeah reinforced what we what we thought was going to be an exciting new chapter yeah it made us think actually yeah this, this is, is right this is okay this is normal this is right we're not just sort of pipe dreaming we're actually doing something that is realistic and is something that's okay gonna happen. yeah i think uh, that's good so i suppose the, the question of the, the episode is why did we choose to adopt yeah. so at that point in our journey we were at a point where the doctors had said okay you can start trying again mm-hmm. but the caveat of that is that because of your condition mm. there is a high risk of miscarriage yeah there's a high risk of premature birth mm-hmm. so all of those things meant that your health could potentially be in jeopardy as well mm-hmm. And so we were faced with a bit of a, a crossroads in a way. Yeah. Because some people said to us, well, why didn't you try IVF? And we weren't at that point where... It was a fertility issue. It was issue. A, a fertility issue. It was more of a, a health issue. And what do we feel is the, the best route to go down? Yeah. It was sort of at a fork in the road, weren't we? And yeah. It was. It felt like a, 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 a literal sort of 50-50. Yeah. We either try naturally or we adopt. Well, on that on that day that I went to the, the consultant, you were walking weren't you you're on a walking holiday and i remember me and you yeah um we were having um a conversation on facetime and we were literally like i will just the 50 50 kind of like Mm -hmm. what do we do like but i feel like we were definitely moved i had a conversation with my mum and dad at the because i was staying at my mum and dad's and um i had a conversation with them at the dinner table like oh I don't know what to do we've been given the go ahead and they they were just really encouraging it and we spoke we spoke through it and actually at the end of it I was like it is adoption that is the route because yes we had or have the health situation to think about but I don't think that is the reason necessarily why we chose to adopt because I mean when I've explained it to people I've always felt the need to say why do we have to do things a conventional way? Mm-hmm. And I think for us, it wasn't that... Yeah, there was an element of thinking about my health and the baby's health. But I don't think it that was the that was the kind of forefront of our decision. I think the forefront... Is that the right saying? The f- yeah, the, the, the thing that was in the, the, the forefront of our minds. Yeah. yeah. Was the fact that we'd looked into adoption and actually saw... I think... What I'm trying to say is, is the fact that our heart was so like fully invested in adoption, and that that's when we knew it. Yeah, and and I think when we we're in that period of waiting, I I said to you, didn't I, that ever since we'd started trying, yeah, we'd always come up against barriers, and it was always a sort of feeling of negativity around it. it yeah, you you're aware that things weren't right with you yeah, you yeah, had yeah. to go through an operation and it just nothing, nothing felt ever right. felt right and, and positive, normal yeah. and positive and then actually as soon as we started looking at adoption mm. and as soon as we started talking about it, we were both really excited it it always felt like a positive conversation and so i said to you that yeah. to me that was an indicator that if That's right. we, we could try and we you know we could continue in the future to try naturally yeah but that always felt 
like it it wasn't the, the right, right thing for us and whereas adoption yeah time, whereas yeah. adoption felt like the right thing for us and i think yeah. and you know i don't want this to be like a, a preachy podcast by any means preach it brother but i think the well the fact that we're you know we're both christians yeah yeah yeah. If you're not already you're gathered and we, you know we said last week about going to church and doing the youth and stuff yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah and adoption is a big part of of our faith yeah and it's not to say that every christian in the world should adopt but the idea of adoption i'm not going to go into the details of it but the yeah, idea yeah. of adoption is central to what we believe in and so that that was a a big part of why yeah. we thought actually we could make a difference for someone who is in a really difficult situation yeah. because we're we have the privilege to do that and it, yeah. and, it, and it went from and people say oh but with adoption you know the children that you potentially are going to adopt have come from you know potentially quite difficult backgrounds, backgrounds and upbringings and things and it, I'm not denying that, and it's going to be a real challenge. We know that. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. But the fact that we are in a situation where we have the opportunity to help someone Mm -hmm. and to give them a a start in life that they potentially wouldn't have, yeah, feels like an incredible. I feel like it's an incredible privilege to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I echo everything you've said, and I think, I think you rounded that off nicely. Is there anything else you want to kind of add to that? I don't think so. I don't think. My question is, what does adoption mean to you? I was checking, I thought that was mine. What does adoption mean to me? I mean, this sounds just, this might sound really silly, but I'm, I'm, I've got my eyes closed and I'm really trying to feel it in my heart. <laughs> what does adoption mean to me? And the word that came to me is family. Mm-hmm. And like I've said before, I've always felt the the need to explain myself in the sense of, oh, why do we have to do things a conventional way? Like, why do we have to do it like this? Da, 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 da. And for me, I, th- I feel like I've had to, through like research and reading into adoption and stuff like that, I'm trusting that, I, I mean, I'm just so excited to, f- I'm not really answering the question, but to form a love, a different kind of love. It's obviously not going to be... Um, a birth maternal love yeah which is uh, i can imagine an amazing thing but the fact that that in a sense adoption adoption to me is hopefully we are saving a child from what could be mm. a grim life mm. but not only that because of our situation and what we've spoken about the last two to episodes as cliche as this sounds like that child has saved us and okay. they're they because we don't know what our situation is going to be in the future if we do try naturally or whatever but they are they are allowing us to become mum and dad yeah and i i'm so grateful for i'm getting teary just thinking about it i'm oh my gosh do not cry on the podcast i am so grateful that they are going to make us mum and dad yeah. like I cannot wait. And so what does adoption mean to me? It means that we finally get to be a family. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait. I'm not going to talk anymore because I'll get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> excellent answer. Um, I don't even know if I answered that properly. No, excellent answer. Amazing. Okay, I've got... Wait, I'll ask just one. Go on. Okay. 
kind of leading off the question you asked me in my answer. Right. How has the journey to adoption changed your perspective of what family is? That is a good question, actually. Thank you. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think, in the sense that we both grew up in fairly conventional families. Yeah. Mum, dad, children. Yeah. And neither of us have got people that we're really, really close to who are either, say, adopted mm-hmm. or have been fostered. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. we've never really had that much exposure to that. And I no. think the fact that, you know, we've, we've grown up in, in, in fairly privileged settings Mm -hmm. means that i think i generally just didn't have a great idea about this whole world of children's care and Mm. social care for children and how that looks and the the challenges that that children face yeah that are put into the care system is it's absolutely remarkable and anyone who's listening who doesn't really know i would definitely tell them to there's so much out there there's a there's a podcast on bbc radio 4 yeah the adoption that's amazing what's the chap who ashley ashley oh ashley is it ashley john batiste something like that who who was in the care system himself and he's now gone on to do lots of uh broadcasting for the bbc and just this idea that there's there's so many children out there who for for no fault of their own have have ended up in really, really some of them horrendous situations yeah. in life, and like what you said, no fault of their yeah, own. and and, and they've they've not they've just been born into it, and the fact that we are fairly ignorant to that. Um, wow, so yeah. I suppose like the idea of family to me now isn't necessarily blood related. What was it that someone said to us? Family's not blood. It's oh, it was um our old deacon. Yeah, what was oh, it? What did he say? Something about. Family isn't blood; it's love or something. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, if, but if, this I'll idea that it's it, it's not just because you're blood related that your family family is more than that. Family is yeah. about loving people, being in a relationship with people, honouring people, yeah. treating them with dignity and respect, and those sort of things. And I think actually now the idea of family to me is more nurturing someone, giving them opportunity, yeah, encouraging them and building them up instead yeah. of ignoring it and just carrying on with your life just no baby k or child k <laughs> if you listen to this when you're there's a saint shirt ready for you no <laughs> no what i'm trying to say is just know how loved you are already yeah <laughs> i might cut that out. <laughs> no, genuinely no yeah totally just, this this got and it's amazing though when you think that Actually, the time that we're recording this podcast now could be alive. I know. Could be in this little world. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's a really good answer. Um, answer? Yeah. I suppose it is. It's a question. Yeah. So next time um, on the podcast, I think we're going to talk about what we've done so far. Awesome. In the process. Like wh- how we've got to... How to get started. How to get started is a good yeah. way because I think... I've had a few people say to me, oh, well, how, how do you get started? And I think mm. that would be kind of a good place to start. Yeah, and it's a bit it's of a how, minefield, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe how we navigate Even like looking and... at like what we've read and stuff yeah. like that, like just listing things like that off. So Excellent. yeah, that's what I think. Until next time. Bye.